Guts and Grit Podcast. A podcast where we discuss overcoming the odds, resiliency, and never giving up. Join us each week as host John Melson, Joy Vatrebeck, and Mark Renahan discuss coming back from failure and never quitting. Guts and Grit, it's go time. Welcome to another edition of Guts and Grit. We are on episode 11. Wow. I am your host, Mark Renahan. Of course, my lovely co-host, Joy Vatrebeck, sitting Thank next to me. Mark. Of course, coming to us from, Fort, actually, you're not in Fort Benning this week, but is, of course, our, our military star, Sergeant John Melson. He is at Fort Hood this week. Am I correct on that one? That's right. All right. And you know, those of you who joined us last week, we, of course, had the story of off Nevada, the battle in Afghanistan. Uh, we are going to get back to that with all the guys that were involved in the battle. It's just that as you, be great. Yeah, as you can know, it's a little difficult to get everybody together. So on that veterans note, we thought this week we would have a little bit of a special show. Uh, we have with us today Joseph O'Hara. Joe is a representative of a group called Operation Homefront. They're a fabulous 501c3 nonprofit that helps veterans. And today we're going to just do a little different show. We're going to talk to Joe about the incredible things that Operation Homefront does to help our veterans uh, and go from there. So without any further ado, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Joseph O'Hara from Operation Homefront. Joe, how are you? Welcome, Joe. Hey, Mark. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me aboard. Oh, it's great to have you. Now, Joe, uh, I know you've been now with Operation Homefront for how long you've been with them? Uh, nine and a half years. All right. Wow. Maybe you could give everybody, and, and John, I don't know if you're familiar with Operation Homefront, so maybe you could just give us a brief overview of what you guys do. Sure. So we are a national uh, military nonprofit. Our mission is to build strong, stable, and secure military families so they can thrive, not just get buy-in, but thrive in the communities they work so hard to protect. So we have field offices that cover every state in the country. And we basically want to help low-income military families. We target E1 through E6, so the lowest six paid ranks, um, with basic needs. You know what? Um, home repairs, car repairs, food, utilities, rent, mortgage, things like that. And then we have family support programs that help the families. We're just finishing up our back-to-school brigade now with the backpacks full of school supplies. We have holiday toy drives, holiday meals, which is gaining popularity. We have a Military Child of the Year award every year for each branch of the military. And then we have uh, temporary and permanent housing that we uh, we give away mortgage-free homes in our spare time. In so. your spare time, some, more, some, <laughs> yeah. some mortgage-free homes. So I, I, one of the reasons why I had you on here is, uh, of course, you know, I, I know you know John. And at the beginning of our show, on our first three episodes, we, we kind of went over John's story, um, his life and how he got into his ser the service of our country. Uh, and John's story is incredible for those of you who haven't seen episodes one through three. But one of the things that it, it pointed out to both me uh, and to Joy, and again, Joy's husband is a Marine too who went away. Yes. But um, John has, has been away now. He's, he's done nine tours of duty overseas. Uh, and, uh, you know, John has never complained about that. I know that John is, is a very humble guy. But one of the things that, you know, I've talked to John with both offline and online is when you're away for nine years, you're away from your family. So people don't understand um, just how much like veterans who, you know, they're sacrificing. So to have a group like you, you on, um, you know, to, to, su that supports veterans is, is kind of cool. And one of the reasons why I wanted to do it I, again, like Johnny, I know you can touch on this, but like John travels all the time, um, you know, and he gives up 
literally a ton of his life in order to protect our country and to train future people who, to protect our country, which is really huge to me because I sleep better at night knowing that Sergeant Melson is training the next uh, group of Rangers. But John, maybe you could touch a little bit on on that and, and you know, just the sacrifice. I mean, I know you don't like to you're again, John is the most humble man you've ever met, but I know you've given up a lot with your tours and, you know, there's a lot people don't see. So the programs like, like Joe has, man, you, you think back to, bef- you know, when we, we probably weren't even conceived yet, right? Back when the Vietnam veterans were coming back and everything and how, how the, they were received back here in the country. And you look back to that and then what I have seen, because, you know, I was in the Marine Corps in, in 89 to 92 and to where we are now and the programs like Joe, Joe has, those types of things didn't exist back then. Right. They were very small, like maybe people in the neighborhood and the local community would try and help out because they had a family relative or a neighbor or somebody that they knew that had served. They'd try and give them a hand out, right, a hand up. Uh, but these programs like Joe's doing, you know, his his focus group that that enlisted rank E1 to E6, um, I, I think is awesome to have as a target audience because those those are the younger ones in in the enlisted ranks. Right. And. Um, it's it, it's kind of sad to see that the uh, the pay for the soldiers at that level. I mean, you could imagine, you know, you, you think you're doing pretty good. You're a corporal, you're E4 in the Army or in the Marine Corps, and, and you're married, one, maybe two kids. That, you can't survive off that. I, I, I see service members struggling. And, you know, it's they're just trying to raise a family and have a professional career by serving their country. And they're struggling to get by even while they're serving. Right. So I'm watching service members have to buy groceries with food stamps while they're still actively serving in, in the military. Right. So then you think about that while they're serving those small early families, uh, come into those financial difficulties, but then think about when their four years are up or they stayed in, for two enlistments and they had there at eight years or 10 years or 12 years. And the family life is becoming more of a priority than their military career. And they have to get out. And they're still within that E1 to E6 rank level. And they were already struggling to provide for their family. If it was a single income family, right? So a lot of the wives will go and get jobs too, because uh, they have to, not because they want to pursue another career, but it has to become a dual income home to be able to raise their kids and be financially stable. So these programs like Joe has, when they make that transition to come out of the army or out of the Navy, the Marines, the Air Force, whatever branch of service at that lower rank, it's great to know. Um, I, I don't want to say it's a safety net, but Joe, I'll just lo- use that term loosely to say there's a, there's safety nets out there like Joe's program that can af- help those soldiers, airmen, Marines and sailors to be a, uh, you know, not fall flat on their face and know that there's help out there so they can continue to be successful as a parent, as a dad, as a positive member in, in society, you know, because uh, it's a big transition. You know, you're getting a paycheck on the first and the 15th of every month, whether it's enough to live off of or not. But when you take that stability and that uh, assurance that you're getting paid on the first and the 15th of every month, you remove that from the financial metrics portion of it. You got a lot of people, they, you know, they go into panic mode, right, and can end up uh, resorting to some pretty harsh and, and, and make a lot of bad and poor decisions. 
So it's great um, to know that there's programs out there like Joe's and just for guys like myself, more at the senior level um, as a leader in, in, in the military to know and have access that those programs are out there and they exist to try and hear those soldiers. Hey, just don't go out there alone. Like there's programs out there that can help you if you come into hard times and you don't have to force yourself into worser times. Right. So I, guys like Joe and, and other Jeremy Cole, like his program, uh, soul survivor, there's so many programs out there that exist now to try and help these military families. I, I can't thank those folks enough. Um, and for us as leaders, it's great for us to get more and more education and knowledge to be able to pass that along, especially to those younger soldiers. Like, Hey, you're coming into a hard spot. Here's, here's a business card. Here's a phone number, contact these folks. And it, I think it's great to have that access out there. Hey, I, Joe, I just want to say thank you for what you're doing, because like Mark said, my husband's a former Marine, and we had to get some assistance. Um, I don't know if you heard of Military Warrior Support Foundation, but they did help us out. Well, it's, it's a great point, Johnny, that, um, that you brought up, is that like when the guys came home from Vietnam, they didn't have right. support like this. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like one of the great things... You know, I know the, the country goes back and forth and people say this and that. But one of the greater things I think that as a as a, the citizens of the U.S. have done over the last 20 years is to fall behind our veterans now um, and, and fall behind them, you know, like with a lot of support. Like, uh, you know, like Joe and I both haven't served, uh, I, I, you know, just to, to be uh, completely truthful. I, I did a little stint helping Joe with Operation Homefront <laughs> years ago. Uh, and like, I just know that when we both did it. Um, you know, we, we liked a lot about it, but we liked the ability that neither of us served that we were able to give back. Uh, and again, it's not like giving back in terms of serving, but, you know, like we did the backpack, uh, and Joe will talk about this in a second, the back, uh, the back to school brigade. I can't even remember, but God, but anyway, we did the back to school brigade, which was backpacks full of supplies for kids. And that, that's kind of like a double help. It helps the military families and it helps teachers in those schools that are getting, you know, these kids are showing up with a a big backpack full of supplies. So Joe, maybe you could touch a little bit on the back to school brigade. Sure, and, and actually John touched on a great thing too, is that one of the things we wanna do is we wanna help these families before everything starts to snowball and they're too far gone. Mm -hmm. You know, and all these families are very humble. They don't want the help, but you know, when you get mm -hmm. kids involved, you get two, three, four, five kids and your household income is less than 30 grand, you have to take the help. And nowadays too, the other spouse ends up being the caregiver because of, you know, the wounded mm -hmm. service member. And then there's zero working parents, which makes it even worse. So they're deciding, geez, do I, do I buy a winter coat or do I get a backpack and school supplies? Because we can't get both. So I'll, we I'll try speak to, to that, Joe. Absolutely. I, yeah. I became the caregiver. I left my job at that point. Mm -hmm. So, yes, I, I hear you. Yeah, and, you know, so we, we try to get in there and we try to help, you know, when we can and um it's just a shame that we have to exist but we do so uh we try to get in there and help as much as we can and with our back to school brigade so we just had an event in Groton, connecticut yesterday it was phenomenal there were so many different corporate partners that sent volunteers there for like employee engagement and we actually got a late anonymous donation of backpacks so we were supposed to serve 300 families or 300 children we ended up serving about 360 and everyone just had such a good time and um, when you can come together like that, get people, you know, we have national partners. We also have nice local partners that come together. And the, the biggest thing that I would tell volunteers at the beginning of the day, I thank them and make sure they know how valued they are. Because 
volunteers help us carry out our missions in such a huge way. And they're part of such a bigger thing because this year we're going to go over 500,000 filled backpacks that we will have distributed since the, the program's inception in 2008. Wow. So it's really cool when you tell people you're part of a much bigger thing and it's a much bigger impact. Um, and the families are so grateful because they really do. They just, they have to, they have to choose. And I've had conversations with people who just don't get it. And they're like, how can someone not afford $10 for a backpack? And it's like, because they can't afford $20 for a coat. You know, they have to pick and choose. And some people just don't get it. And I'm not going to argue mm -hmm. with people. It's like, if you don't get it, you don't get it. Um, but I see it firsthand. And, um, and that's why we, we know that it's not just the service member. Of course, the service members are, are fantastic. But it's the whole family who sacrifices. And so we try to have our family support services that really focus on that. Um, and a lot of kids, people don't realize, like, a lot of these kids, they get reassigned. So that the, the spouse, the, the mother or father gets reassigned sometimes every two years. So, I mean, school is tough enough at that age. And every two mm -hmm. years, you're being ripped up. You get new friends, new home, new neighbors, new schoolmates, new teachers. And it's so difficult. And we want to at least be able to try to provide them with the tools so they can succeed. You know, and, and it's such a great program. And many, many corporate partners want to get involved in some way, shape, or form, even if it's just to, you know, have a booth at the event and hand out what they do for services. They might be able to help family further too you know boys and girls clubs or reading is fundamental or, or any groups like that that can help now joe let me ask you a question if, if so let's say that i'm uh, um, a young veteran and I'm, I'm recently out and i'm home and i, and I wanted to use operation home front I, I you know i might be having some difficult times or whatever how would a how would a veteran go about doing that so i think the first thing to do would be go to our website which is operationhomefront.org and if someone's looking to help there's a lot of information on there but it can be a little overwhelming too but I always tell people the one way to apply for assistance is our online application. The top right-hand corner of the website says, get help now. You click on that, that opens our online application. And there's also a toll-free 877 number on there. So they can call, because all the applications go right to our case managers at headquarters in San Antonio, Texas. So they can call that 877 number and speak to a, a, a case manager if they have questions about eligibility. You know, what paperwork do I need? Do I need to make... DD-214, do I need this, do I need that? And they should be able to help them. They can also help with the status if they've already applied. They can give them their name and, and social security number, and they can look up, see where the status is. I, I believe most cases that apply, we try to help them within 72 hours. Because a lot of times, it's you're going to lose your electricity. Your mm -hmm. power's going to be shut off, or you're going to be booted from your home, or things like that. So we try to help as soon as we can. Oh, that, that, that is, it's, it's, it's fantastic what you guys it are is. doing. Thank uh, you so much. Yeah. And, and again, it's great that what John pointed out, like there wasn't groups like this, you know, years and years <laughs> ago. Uh, and now something else I wanted to bring up that we touched with basically on this morning. So September 11th is obviously um, for everybody, you know, in the United States, a big day. But Joy and I did a uh, four part series on it last year. We had back to the Guts and Grit show, our friend Sean Pierce, who was on the 73rd Tower uh, I hope I got that right. Uh, yes, 70, okay. Okay. When the planes hit. Um, I know you guys have recently started working with uh, Polly's Push, I saw. We talked about briefly today. You sure. want to touch base on that a little bit? Sure. Uh, Paul Bonito is a, a Milton Mass. Um, he grew up in Milton Mass, and he um, was actually a, a former flight attendant. So he lost a number of people during 9-11, and he re really felt the need to almost like combine 
combine the flight attendants, you know, and the people who were lost in the flight with military. And so last year he came up with, I, I don't know if he like, you know, thought this out for several years, but he pushed the, you know, like the beverage food cart from an airplane. So it's that thin one. Um, I, I might've been United, I forget, but um, he, he trained for a long, long time and he pushed it from, it was some point in New York to uh, ground zero. And it was like a, like a three or four or five day process. And along the way, he gained more and more people, like more and more notoriety, started from nothing. And all of a sudden, you get more and more people like going, hey, I saw you the other day, you know, I saw you on TV. And they started doing news clips. Somebody donated a Winnebago so they could follow him, so they could, you know, take bathroom breaks and eat and sleep and all that. And it got bigger and bigger. And then he, he approached us this year. I said, hey, I, I know you guys do stuff in military. Like, can we talk to me? Because I guess he was approached by some people and he didn't really like what they did because they kind of tried to take over. And so you do this, you do that. We'll tell you, you know, he didn't like that because he said, he's no, from Milton. He's, <laughs> <laughs> well, he said before last year, I didn't have an email address. I didn't know how to use a computer. And these people tell me what to do. And I didn't like that because he didn't know if they were, you know, misleading him or just totally, you know, and, and we said to him, listen, Paul, whatever you want to do, if you want to partner with us, Operation Homefront, we are here to help you. It's a partnership. You call the shots, whatever money's raised, like we'll have a link on our on our website. You can have a link. We'll combine. If you want to give us 50%, whatever you want to do, you call the shots. We'll do whatever you want because we're here to support you. It's basically a third-party event, and you call the shots. So he loved that we were honest with him, and he felt comfortable. So now we're going to actually have a, um, a kickoff cookout a week from Sunday at the Milton American Legion Post. And it's just, you know, we'll get food donated and just people to get together and kind of wish him well. We're actually going to have a little area in the parking lot where people can actually push the same cart for about, you know, for about 50 feet and like, you know, for $20, for a $20 donation. They can, so they can feel like they're a part of it and they see what he's going through a little bit. Uh, it's kind of cool. Like a lot of little kids will probably want to do that. And just to kick it off and, and recognize his accomplishments and, you know, see if we can get some more awareness for what he's doing. It's just, it's phenomenal. No, I, I mean, I, I'm a big, uh, anything that supports uh, both the memory of September 11th and just anything to do with it. Uh, yeah, I think everybody from the Guts and Grit show mm. is 100% behind. So that that is just a, a phenomenal, you're doing good things, Joe. It's good to see that you, you keep it on top of your game up there. You know, I, I take my way to heaven one step at a time. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. It's, it's better to be seen than viewed. Well, so, Joe, if, if I'm sorry to cut good, no. um, if people want to volunteer with your organization, how would they go about doing that? And is there uh, local, I guess, local organizations in our community that are part of yours? Yeah, on, on the website, operationholefront.org, um, there is a, you know, there's ways to help. And then you click on it, it'll show the different areas. And so then you can click on there and it'll be like it'll be like an in, info at Northeast. So I'll get an email right away saying like someone's interested in volunteering. Then I'll contact them and you know find out, you know, what are you interested in doing? What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? You know, where are you located? Um, and it's, you know, we have over four thousand volunteers now. We had, you know, seven thousand few years ago. We kind of did a little downscaling because someone was kind of, you know, in place but not really doing anything. We we did a little uh, weeding out, and um, but our volunteers, they help us extend our budget. They do so many great things for us. And, you know, I mean, if I'm at an event, I have to be there. So I've got my Operation Open shirts. I have to be there. That's my job. But when people see volunteers at an event, it's like, wow, they've been here for six hours standing in the sun. It's like they really must like this cause. And it, it really, you know, gives it a lot of credibility. And it's like, 
hmm, I wonder if I can do that. And volunteers lead to more volunteers. And it's just, these people are amazing. They share our passion. It's just, it's phenomenal. Yeah, we'll have Excellent. to look in the, into the Operation Homefront in Florida. Yeah. I, for, I forgot yeah. about that. You know, they, yeah. they have to Absolutely. be down here somewhere. I mean, Florida's gigantic, so. <laughs> Would we be considered Southeast then? If you're I in believe the that is the Southeast okay. office, yeah. All I right. think they cover, is it the, the Carolinas and Florida? You know, so, something like that. I'm, I'm not up on all my, cause I'm just so worried about my, my seven. I'm back to being one, one man covering seven states, so it gets a little challenging, yeah. but. Well, that's, that is good to know. Well, listen, Joe, I appreciate you coming on today and telling us all about Operation Homefront. Um, those of you who are watching, once again, we had Joe O'Hara from Operation Homefront today. We, again, we want to just remind you, we will be getting back to the uh, Op Nevada story in Afghanistan. It's just, as you can imagine, that to get uh, seven guys, I think it might even be more than that, all together at once is a little difficult. Mm -hmm. um, but like again, cats, they say. Yeah, exactly, exactly, <laughs> and pets and stuff. Um, but Johnny, any last words you want to talk to Joe about from Operation Homefront? No, uh, I say no, but actually, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I, you, mentioned, you mentioned Joe about um, a military child of the month. That's something that you guys do? Child of the oh, year, child yeah. Of the year. Child of the year, whatever year, yep. Oh, child of the year. Okay. Yeah. All right. That, that is something awesome. I, I, I really, I, I didn't know, I didn't know about it until yeah. you mentioned it. And I love that because like, you know, I, I'm not going to make any reference to my kids. Don't <laughs> like, I take very good care of them. And you know, when I get home, I make them do a whole bunch of pushups. So they're, they're child <laughs> of the year. <laughs> but all those, all those other soldiers and, and, and service members, I see, you know, the guys that are away from guys and moms, dads and moms away from their, their, their kids because, you know, duty calls and mm -hmm. the, you have the opportunity to go ahead and, and have those kids recognized um, can really turn uh, mom and dad's absence into uh, sure. and, and the mom and dad's sacrifice and dedication. You can turn it into a really positive thing for those young kids and, you know, they're, they're our future. So I, I always appreciate uh, a way that we can invest back in them and not have them look negatively upon mom and dad having served. Yeah. So there's one winner from each branch for the armed services, including the new innovation branch. And they get a $5,000 scholarship, a trip to Maryland for, no, for big gala events every year. Wow. And these kids are, it's like they're 15 year old CEOs in the making. These kids are, <laughs> they just, they do so much. It's like, they have they have obstacles. They have, who cares? Obstacles? I don't care. You know, they just they do so well in school. They're on, you know, they're on all these boards and all these clubs, and they're running this, running that. It, they're amazing young people. It's it's incredible. So it's a really cool thing. Yeah, and they yeah, they, they have a huge like like Joe was saying. I've seen it online. They have a huge awesome gala. It's amazing to me that what like today's kids are doing compared to what I was doing at the same <laughs> I age. Ain't you know, I was like at fifteen. I, Football and hockey was all I cared about. I didn't know yeah. I, anything else even existed. So well, you, um, you were making comb holders out of yeah. <laughs> Yes, Joe. Yes, but Joe. By the way, while I have you here, there's there's no chance I, I'm going to get an impression of like John Wayne or something. Joe, for those who don't know, Joe doesn't like to do this sometimes, but Joe is an incredible impression. Uh, he does good ones of of Clinton. He does good ones of. Uh, um, John Wayne, uh, what else? Who am I missing? A, a bunch of good ones. 
Well, I'm kind of busy now, so I don't know what you're going to get today, mister. <laughs> I'll take that, Joe. I'll take that. That's a good one. But anyway, once again, we had Joe O'Hara from Operation Homefront. We had a little bit of a different show this week on Guts and Grit, but we have a ton of incredible shows coming up. I think we may even get Paul Venito from Paulie's Push to come on for a September 11th show. Tell us about that. We got a great author who's going to be coming up from one of the books that John had a little bit something to do with. Uh, as and well as a commander, a, from a commander from the Iraq uh, war, uh, yeah, the Iraq Fallujah battle, I guess you would call it a battle. I don't know. Battle what, of Fallujah. Battle of Fallujah. Yeah. But we have a bunch of other cool guys. And you know what? Now that you mentioned it, John, we need to have Jeremy from Soul Survivor on because I, I would like to, you know, get as many of these, uh, you know, groups that anyone who helps veterans out there that might be interested in coming on our show, uh, feel free to, you know, send us a message over Facebook or our Gmail is guts and grit at g i gotta look that up at gmail.com it's guts and grit at gmail.com that's terrible i'm sorry but you can get get a hold of us through our facebook messages yeah we've had a long day pen franklin but that's a whole other story but once again thank you all for joining in this week you can check us out on youtube on podbean on rumble on any of the formats where you get your podcast and johnny can you take us out with the uh catchphrase you know what i'm gonna say mark right yeah so get out there, get after it, be and train to be hard to kill. All right. Everybody, we'll see you next week on the Guts and Grit Show. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. Joe, thanks again for coming on. Once again, www.operationhomefront.org. Have a great week, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you. Guts and Grit. Like, subscribe, comment, share.